0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the ChenZor Dynasty. I am your host, James Chen, aka JayChenZor, here on Twitch.tv slash where I talk about all sorts of fighting game stuff. If you guys actually tuned in last week, we talked a lot about the Street Fighter V netcode mod by uh, by Altimer or Altimore. I'm not sure exactly which way it's pronounced. Uh, I, I'll see if the chat somebody knows exactly how it's supposed to be pronounced. Uh, but he had created a mod for the uh, Street Fighter V that works on the PC. You basically take a couple of DLLs and drop it into a folder. You know, start up Street Fighter V, and the netcode is actually that much uh, smoother experience for you. Uh, I talked about this last week a little bit. Since then, he has been on uh, Reddit Street Fighters podcast, which I will admit right now I have not had a chance to listen to. Uh, Many people have told me it's a great episode where he explains a lot of what's going on over there. And then also, um, since then, there's been a lot more drama about it, Capcom's reactions since I started talking about it last week. And not only that, but I've had a chance to personally try it out and see how it feels. So, what do we know right now? So, again, Altimore. Created a new patch that fixed the netcode. Right, uh, you drop it into your P- into the folder, two DLLs. You unzip it into there, and then you start Street Fighter 5, and your netcode experience is a lot better now. Right, uh, things we know. If you play the patched version against anyone else who's not patched, including PC and PS4 players, you potentially destroy their experience because Capcom's netcode is you know, basically one gets stuck behind the other, one person ends up teleporting more than the other person does as time goes on, and with the netcode, since the netcode patch fixes it on your end and it doesn't fix it on the opponent's end, they can get stuck behind and they can end up having a worse experience. Uh, Not everybody has experienced an improved experience. Some people have had situations where there's a lot more slowdown or it's no difference or it actually made it a little bit worse than before. Um, And uh, this is not a magic bullet, nor is it intended to be. Nor does Altamore even probably pretend that it's going to be a magic bullet. He's just doing what he can to fix it as best that he can based off of how he understands how the game works. Now, a lot of people have described Altamore as some random person who's come on and fixed everything like that. That is not the case. He is very well versed in doing a lot of mods for fighting games he was the guy who created a hitbox viewer I think it was for guilty gear and for Dragon Ball and now he's doing this mod here for Street Fighter 5 I mean look not anybody can just go and reverse engineer a DLL there's programs that can help you do that to the best of their ability but even after that you it takes someone who really knows what they're doing to be able to fix it at this point in time So that's kind of what we know right now with this patch, right? So here's some extra information. I've had a chance to try it. My results were fantastic. I cannot remember a time that I have played Street Fighter V online where I felt that comfortable that it felt like I was playing offline to the point where I was playing against somebody who was beating me up really badly and I was able to make the adjustments and finally start kind of going even with the opponent because I actually felt like I could play as seriously and as, you know, precisely as I could it was Amazing I I and 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 you know if the net code is like this since the beginning It's something that I would probably just have been playing like all the time It's just it makes the experience so much more enjoyable now What there's been a lot of drama with this right there's a lot of problems with this right number one um, for me, from my standpoint, I'm an ep- empathetic kind of person, uh, I feel bad for other people that I cause problems for, and so I would never use this patch for, against people who don't have the patch. So I, The only time I'll use it is if I play other people in lobbies that I set up for patch players. I would never play against PS4 players and other PC players. Not everybody has the same kind of mindset. A lot of people are going to play the patch and just have their experience be better screwing other people be damned, right? And so what happens is it's really kind of created a rift in the community. Uh, A lot of people are very frustrated now because they don't have the patch, especially on the PS4, and it's ruining their experience. And yeah, you can switch it so that you only fight other PS4 players because obviously we have no way to get into the architecture of a PS4, so we cannot create a patch for that. And so what's ended up happening is that PS4 players now have to set their experience to only PS4 players to avoid fighting patch players on the PC. This causes other problems, however, because for people who aren't in the know, who are just playing fighting games for fun, their experience is going to degrade considerably if they're not involved in the fighting game community, if they're just playing Street Fighter for fun. If there's a new player who's watching tournaments is like, this game looks like fun, I really want to play this, and they see it on Twitch, and they go and play online, they don't know anything about any patches or anything like that on ps or on PS4 or PC, they're gonna play, their experience is gonna be that much worse, uh, and it's gonna be very, very hard. So there's a lot of people out there who are very frustrated with the patch, and they feel like that, you know, it's almost kind of unfair, it is almost like a cheat for them, you know what I mean? It almost feels like the other person's cheating, that there's a mod. I don't want to call it a patch by the way, it's more of a mod, a patch is more of an official thing, mod is kind of like users adding modifications to it, so this mod almost feels like a cheater mod, you know, for things to make it so that you have an unfair advantage, because you kind of do in a lot of ways, right, so, um, but it's it's a lot of fun, it it makes the game a lot smoother, and I really did have a lot of uh, more fun time playing it, now, Currently, the situation, uh, so when I talked about it last time, one of the big things to raise was how is Capcom going to respond to this, right? And from my standpoint, uh, I think this is a good thing, right? Because it's been four years. In Capcom hasn't done anything. And in fact, it almost feels like Capcom's stance was like, we can't fix the netcode. It's not possible. It's you know one of these situations where you know it's just it's not a feasible thing. But here you go. Someone has come and fixed it, right? So either Capcom just didn't know, two didn't try, three didn't care, right? And having somebody come out here and prove that it is something that can work that if two people with the patch do play against each other they can have an it, it you know a dynamically increased better experience really puts the onus on capcom and really kind of forces them and it, it puts capcom in a very unfortunate situation but from the player standpoint i don't necessarily know if that's a bad thing. I don't know if that's a bad thing, putting Capcom in this bad position. Because honestly, fixing the netcode only benefits Capcom, right? If, if they know this thing exists and they can fix it and it improves the experience for the majority of the players, that's only going to mean more people are going to play Street Fighter V. And when you watch people who are streaming Street Fighter V, they're not going to be grumbling about the netcode, making you not want to play it right you're going to actually see people playing it and go like man this netcode is great this is great. yeah you should totally play it and the game is in a great position there's a CE coming out CE coming out has all you know all the, all the costumes and new v skills and all this stuff like that there's a nice cheap version to buy if they can improve the netcode before CE's official release date in february i think this is a win for everybody right so i really do feel like that this is a good situation now a lot of people out there are like you know screw capcoms capcom sucks Stay them four years obviously i hate capcom blah blah look i don't care i don't care like whatever you feel about capcom however you feel about this it doesn't matter to me right because that's not what i'm concerned about what i'm concerned about is having good net code for people who enjoy the game who just want to play the damn game right and so i think that's kind of cool now on top of all of this, so, so, so to, to summarize this portion of it up is Capcom now, I feel like, has a, little, has a lot of pressure. They've responded to it. They've acknowledged that they know. Ono has actually said that he has grasped the situation. That is his exact tweet. I have already grasped the situation. So they are talking about it. People are tweeting about it, and he's like, we are aware, we know what to do. We can't expect Capcom to react right away, okay? I don't, I know a lot of people out there are gonna be like, why are you making excuses for company for Capcom, James? No, I'm not making excuses for Capcom. I just know how companies work, I know how businesses work, I've been involved with it. They're going to get word of this. They can't do anything about it until probably a week of meetings and stuff like that. There's a server maintenance coming up next week and everyone's like, Oh my God, the server maintenance is going to ban the patch and everything. Look, it's not doing anything to this patch, okay? That server maintenance next week had to have been planned a long time ago. They are not going to react to the patch like the next day unless it's like lighting a fire under them and they've got to fix this No! like it's a, like like it like for example if they rolled out a root kit right like if they roll out a root kit you can actually expect an instant response for something like this the response is not going to be fast it sucks that's the way companies work they're going to have a ton of meetings about it etc 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 they're going to well how should we handle this, what should we do, get approval, get approval, get budget, get do this, do this, it'll take a while, right, I mean, hopefully it won't take long, hopefully it'll be like a week or something like that, but to expect an official response from them anytime soon, I wouldn't be holding my breath, which is a problem because then in the meantime, we're splintering the online community, we're causing this problem, and a lot of people are getting mad one way or the other, etc, etc. Now. Uh, yeah, I guess you can call the the Ono tweet as a glimmer of hope. I mean, the, the Ono tweet necess- not isn't necessarily a glimmer of hope. It's just it, it acknowledges that they acknowledge it, that they know about it, and that is super important to know that they know, right? That is really really important to know. You know, it's good for us to know that they know that we know that they. No, never mind. Um, so, <laughs> um, it's good to know now. Uh, the little extra development here. The little extra development here. And yes, Mr. Friday is right. The SF Gamino is going to eat itself alive. If Capcom doesn't do anything, which is the problem, right? Which is the problem, which is why I'm kind of glad that this thing exists to kind of force Capcom's hand. That's my standpoint. Now, the extra development that came out of the Reddit Street Fighter interview, again, full disclosure, I have not listened to it. Shout outs to uh, Super Joe Monday and everybody at Reddit Street Fighter for doing amazing content all the time. Uh, I haven't had a chance to listen to it, but I did uh, read what people were tweeting about it and everything like that. There is an update that Altimore kind of understands what's happening so much now that he feels like and he said is on the way. But again, he's just a guy, uh, a good programmer, obviously a very smart, smart person who is able to do a lot of very uh, good engineering stuff who just loves street uh, fighting games and wants to help the community improve but you know uh he's not a company we can't guarantee anything like that but he did say that he is currently working on a version of the mod that should also make it so that the opponents even if they're not patched will have a better experience because like i said there's a whole issue right now with street fighter 5 and in fact Uh, Someone put out a video uh, for this frame trapped Tom on Twitter at frame trapped Tom uh, Retweeted a video. I don't know if it's his own video I don't think it is someone else put out a video that explains what the mod is doing in a little bit more detail and uh, Basically, you know uh, one thing will fall behind over the other and stuff and I guess Altamore says that he's gonna have a way that he's if the opponents Game falls behind by a few frames he can actually slow the version that has the patch up enough for the other one to catch up and try to sync again and then if as it keeps going up if there's another packet loss or a lag spike or something and POW it kind of dechunks itself it'll figure it out and wait and catch up so you might hit periods where you'll get a little bit of a slowdown or something Uh, To let the other person catch up, but you know if they can stay in sync for as much as possible You don't hit these lag spikes even if the other person gets stuck behind It'll give them time to catch up the two of you will be at the same real time And then you will both have an excellent experience that way if he can pull something like that off That is the most awesome thing (laughs) In the world that would be amazing that would play that would basically be amazing i, I would be super awesome if he can actually do something like that my concern right now is that what this really has done and it's it this is so standard and typical of internet right and uh again i'm not calling people out because this is just how the internet goes and like uh mr friday said is that it's causing the fgc to kind of like butt heads. And it's weird because I don't see this as a butt headsing kind of situation, right? For me, from my my big picture standpoint is someone is forcing Capcom's hand to fix something, right? If Capcom bans the patch or says, we're not going to do anything, we're not going to implement this solution that already exists, that tells us everything we need to know. And a lot of players of Street Fighter V have every right to just be like, Put down the joystick, push the controller away, and go play Tekken instead, right? And, and you know, or or, or play KI or Skullgirls or Punch Planet because they have all amazing net code, right? If Capcom fixes it, yeah, people can be mad at Capcom and be like, why didn't you fix it four years ago when it was a problem? But, You know what? I don't care. I'm happy that they're going to fix it and make the experience better now, right? So I I see that this is kind of, uh, I see this kind of as a win-win situation. So I'm not sure what people are mad about. Yes, the experience is currently bad for other people. Not everybody's going to be like me. They're going to use the patch and who cares that they make other people's experience miserable. (laughs) Ha ha ha, it's great for me, kind of thing like that you know but something's gonna happen something's gonna happen if capcom does absolutely nothing then we don't even have to worry about that problem because can we really continue to support it that way right do we really want to support a game and a company that would not implement this fix in here now again the key factor here also is that i'm sure altimore would also say this as well uh, this is not again this is not a golden this is not a silver bullet right this is not a bN uh, uh, what is the word be all and be all end all fix for the net code problem it will degrade some people's experiences it may cause some experiences to get worse it's not perfect etc cetera, etc cetera. it can do what it can it's not going to make half across the world, you know, halfway across the world, connections play like magic all of a sudden. That's not what Netcode does. That's just, it's impossible, because distance is a thing. Distance is a distance thing, right? It's just, unless you can find something even faster than fiber cables or something like that to transfer information at an even faster route, you know, it's not gonna be a a, a fix-all for everything, right? And so, uh, for Capcom, if they wanted to release something like this, they still couldn't release it quickly because if the, even if they implemented it, they have to do testing. Do you want Capcom to release something like that so irresponsibly without necessarily testing everything that it could cause problems for other people? Probably not. So they'll if they even choose to implement this, and again, this is why it's gonna take a long time for them to decide what to do, and then even after they decide what to do, it's gonna take a while for them to actually roll it out to people is because they're going to have to test it, right? They're going to have to, and and that's the thing. Fringe cases out there exist in everything. If you're a software QA artist, uh, QA, if you're a software QA, which I've been, and if you ever sat down and tried to write test cases, and then you ever see bugs get sent to you that you have to verify that get fixed, a lot of the scenarios that you see from customers about bugs are stuff that you never dreamt of that you never dreamt of. And a lot of times when you have bugs, uh, when I'm on my test machine and I test the software and I see this bug, I'm like, whoa, here's a bug, here's the steps to reproduce, shove it over to the dev, the dev tries it and the dev can't reproduce it. The bug just won't happen on their machine and then they have to come to your test machine and they have to check and you didn't realize that you did this one small thing or you had this random program installed or you just happened to do this one thing or you forgot you changed the setting over here or in another test you changed a reg key and you forgot to change it back and et cetera et cetera like that. It's, software testing is a pain in the ass. Let me tell you. I just stepped on my headphones. Oh, I hope they're okay. Ah, okay. But software testing is a pain in the ass. So you know we can't expect them to roll something out and just be like, "Yay, here you go, guys." So uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things uh, that we have to take into account. Now, um, honestly, if I was Capcom, what would I do? I would contact Altimore, I would be like, here's money. <laughs> Come out to our offices, here's our code. <laughs> Do your best and let's see what happens. Because clearly this guy has a good idea of what's happening over here, but we'll see what happens. And yeah, Capcom has the ability to fix it on platforms because they could roll out a patch to PlayStation 4. And that's the other thing too. A lot of people seem to have this weird notion that if Capcom implements the patch, it'll only be on the PC. And so the, 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 the experience for PS4 users will still be ruined. I don't know why, I don't know if that's what they're actually thinking, or... Or, or I'm interpreting their tweets wrong, or I'm interpreting what they're thinking wrong, just because Altimore put out a patch only on PC doesn't mean that Capcom is only going to put the patch out on PC. He can't put the patch on PS4 because he can't get into the files. You can't change anything. If he had the ability to go into the install of Street Fighter V and change it on the PS4, he would do that as well, and it, you could download it there. But you can't download mod stuff on the PS4. The PS4 are very very enclosed machines you need dev kits you need all sorts of things to be able to get access to it they're designed that way on purpose it's it's basically the difference between like for example an iphone and an android right android you could do all sorts of crazy things to it you could install programs that can do all sorts of weird things to your phone at the same time it can also make it so that the phone just kind of goes crazy if you're not careful, right? Whereas the iPhone, they don't let you do anything. Programs don't have access to half the things on the phone, so they just don't let you do all sorts of crazy things like that, so yeah, there is a lot of misinformation being spread, and it's uh, really, really kind of frustrating uh, to see because there's just so much wrong information getting out there. So again, I'm hoping that this stream here kind of lays down the facts a little bit, the foundation a little bit more of what is actually happening here. And again, I could be wrong, right? Because I'm—I'm I'm not a game programmer. I'm not—I used to program, so at least I have the experience with software and with companies and stuff like that, so I can say things as accurately as I can. But I could be wrong as well. My last rant, I talked about things, and I had people in the YouTube comment point out mistakes that I've said as well. So uh, another thing that people have said is that they've been using my tweet talking about how great it is—you know, how great the uh, netcode is—as a means to evangelize what is, is that the word evangelize the um the the whole netcode thing and that you know obviously it's better blah 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 we should do it again i just want better netcode for everybody i don't want to ruin other people's experience if the netcode can only be improved for the people who install the patch and not the other way i would rather not have the patch right that's you know, or or just have it so that somehow Altimore can actually put something in his patch to detect if the other side has a patch. What's up, Siamese guy? And uh, will turn it off if they don't, or turn it on if they do. Or if he can fix it so that it works no matter what, even better, right? And Altimore did say, apparently, according to somebody else, uh, that it is evangelized. That's what it is. Evangelized. Thank you. Um, uh, if... Uh, you know that he's even saying that this version that he put out is a rough draft that he can still improve it and stuff like that So again, uh, I don't think that there's one way or the other to improve it. I, I don't see things that way, right? This is a very a uh, granular situation. There's no Black and white here. There's all sorts of areas of gray in this situation all we have to do is understand what the facts are and then from there, see how things react. Really, there's very little we can do except for wait for Altimor to make a new version of the patch and see if he can improve things, or see what Capcom does. If neither of those two things happen, then we've got an issue, then we've got to figure out what to do about this ability of people playing patch versus non-patch and ruining experience, but we don't have to think about that yet. There's no reason to argue that yet. There's no reason to debate the ethics and the crazy you know, rights and wrongs of that scenario because that scenario is not guaranteed yet. It's, it's happening right now, but it can probably go away very soon if either of those one, two things that I talk about happen, right? And so why are we debating this right now? I just don't think there's any point we can talk about it and we can say yeah it sucks and yeah it's good yeah it sucks and yeah it's good and guess what you're both right i think it's great and i think it sucks i don't think it's one way or the other and that's the thing we just have to keep that in mind it's great it sucks absolutely both are true absolutely both are true And if we have to live with that scenario, then we can start debating it, then we can start talking about it at that point in time. But until we find out if Altimore can make an even better patch, or until we find out if Capcom is even going to do anything, I don't think there's any reasons for the community to butt heads right now. Because I think, overall, this is a good thing because it proves that it can be improved. I'm not gonna say fully fixed because there will still be bugs in there, but it definitely can be improved for the majority of players. And it forces Capcom to do something, right? We know the fix is possible and it forces Capcom to do something. And that to me is a good thing and can only be a good thing so uh uh i i have already told people jalapeno bomber that i have not had a chance to listen to it i want to listen to it i have not had a chance but i will definitely try to find a period of time where i can just sit down and listen to it i might just like turn it on while i'm in the shower or something like that just so i can uh, listen to it or something so uh we'll try to do some of that once i have a chance but i have not had a chance to listen to it yet but I've heard nothing but good things about it. I've seen snippets and stuff like that here and there uh, that are very important for that. But that is my current standing on the situation. I've talked about this a little bit much longer than I expected to for about half an hour or so. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and stop it here. So for those of you who are watching this on YouTube, uh, let me know what your thoughts are down below. Let me know uh, how you feel about this whole entire situation. Also, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel at uh, youtube.com slash Uh Also, I'm going to do Q&A session where I talk to questions that are on uh, here on Twitch as well. Take a look for that for Chen Reaction Part 2 uh, that will follow up right after this one. Um, so you can look for that as well for me to go into it a little bit more depth. For you that are here watching this on Twitch.tv, I'm just going to go to the title screen uh, and I will be right back. So don't go anywhere for the Q&A section where you guys can paste your questions to me and I will address them and talk a little bit more about this topic. But otherwise, thanks for tuning into the Chen Reaction. I will talk to you guys uh, soon and very soon if it's here on Twitch. All right, guys, be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to the Chenzor Dynasty here. We are now going to begin the Q&A section, the Ask J. Chenzor section. We were just talking about the SF5 netcode uh, debacle and all the drama that's been going with it. I tried to lay out as many of the facts that I could so that people have a better understanding of exactly what's going on. Hi, Jasmine. How you doing? How you doing, Jasmine? Oof. Hi, kitty. Um... Lol, Lou41 asks, what happens to the iconic James phrase and such like that? I have tried very hard to excise that phrase from my dialogue because it was such a go to. I could say it, but if I do say it, I would like to do it on purpose. <laughs> uh, but, um. Are you not a mod, Nuticon, here? Are you not a mod here? That seems kind of like a mistake here. But I don't know how to, hmm, I should just be able to do it this way. Let's see. Because you should definitely be a mod. So there you go. So con is now a mod here. Woohoo! OK, there you go. Um, I should also mod uh, Super Moose as well. These are guys that I have obviously seen so many times in my chat. And I've met a lot of them in person. And uh, these are all good people here and everything like that. So there you go. So all right. So uh, Coinism has a question for me. Uh, my little brother thinks he might make it to the top 50 melee rankings. How can I help him celebrate? Fingers crossed. I mean, if he makes it there, I mean, that's a lot of the reward right there. He should be treating you to stuff, right? <laughs> um, but uh, I'm not sure how, how you would help him celebrate. A- AJP Brooks, welcome. Thank you for the subscription. You've subscribed for eight months. Appreciate it very, very much. Um, stark Burr stark had a great question. Oh, yeah, definitely. Gr- nice meeting you as well, Fuse Coast. Um stark had a really good question that he had before the actual section began. And I told them to hold it and copy paste it here. It was long, so it's, it is one of those novels, but I don't care. So if you want to uh, go ahead and put that in there, how excited are you for Grand Blue's release? Uh, I'm pretty excited for it. I'm really curious about it. And actually, if you do have a huge interest in Grand Blue Fantasy, you will want to make sure to tune in to the Tuesday show tomorrow because uh, we have not had a chance to announce something yet, but there should be something cool happening for Grand Blue Fantasy on the Tuesday show tomorrow. Uh, So there you go. Uh, But keep an eye on Twitters, on the Twits, and then we should be able to talk about these things and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, no problem, Fuse Coast. Take your time, dude. Take your time. Again, my whole thing is that we're all in this situation, right? Uh, I don't deserve anybody's money uh, from subscriptions or donations, I earn it, right? If it's something that you feel like you want to help or if you feel like I provide the content for you to subscribe, that is something that's very appreciated. That's why the Amazon Prime thing is so cool because it's a free way to subscribe to other people and that helps a lot. Even if you don't use it for me, please use your Amazon Prime uh, Twitch subscription for somebody uh because Vicious just got partnered because it is the lifeblood of a lot of streamers subscriptions get you infinitely more money than uh than ads will as i explained to other people in the past i restreamed Red Bull Kumite for about 9 hours averaged about 200 and some viewers Uh, the entire nine hours. I ran ads the whole entire time and I got $4.16 or something like that. Ads are not not the way you make money on Twitch so uh, there you go. Um, I'm probably not supposed to talk about that publicly but whatever. I don't care. I don't care. That's the way it works. Uh, But Uh, oh, whoa, really? Someone on, are they spamming in my Discord now? Uh, are they doing, are they spamming in my Discord? Uh, I could do a state of the FGC like I did last year, an Unchenzord over there. Oh, Jesus. All right, hang on a second. Uh, drunken banana. I am going to, uh, how do I... How do I fix? How do I do this? I don't even know. Profile. Uh, I don't even know how to do. I don't even know how to mod people on Discord. I swear, I'm so bad at Discord. Uh, oh, here we go. Rolls. There we go. All right. Drunken banana, you are now a an advisor. I'm gonna change Auric into an advisor as well. Uh, let's see, who else can I get? Super Moose, you are now an advisor. There you go. So I have advisored a few of you there, so uh, you guys can now do all sorts of fun stuff over there. So if he's doing anything crazy, if he's spamming the server and just like. Not even on topic or whatever like that feel free to to ban him I've given my advisors in that uh, discord carte blanche to 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 ban people who are not contributing or are being toxic If you guys want to have a nice fighting game environment uh, To talk about fighting games and you know where we try to keep the 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 toxicity levels as low as possible feel free to join the discord Um here in the chat right now. So you guys can go over there and talk with people. I think there's like 600 people in there right now. There's like 600 people in the Discord. And so a lot of good people there. They set up a lot of matches and everything like that. And uh, there you go. So uh... <laughs> there you go, con <laughs> That's funny. Um, yes, that is right, Kitty. Uh-huh. But yeah, if you guys have any questions for me or anything, ask me anything, kind of things like that. Or if you want, have some stuff that you want to talk about the uh, netcode stuff. Like I said, uh, Burstark, you said you had a big old uh, uh, you had a big old uh, text block that you were talking about stuff that I kind of wanted to talk about that I wanted to respond to as well. Feel free to repost that into the chat. Uh, if anybody else has any concerns or has a different viewpoint on the on the whole patch thing or can express a little bit more of the frustration. I don't see anything. That's really weird, Burstark. I'm not getting any uh, messages from you. That's really, really weird. I wonder if. Uh, oh, okay. So, honestly, you're, you're putting into separate things. Honestly, by this point, the smartest move from Capcom would be to take the humble approach, acknowledging things the way they are, give Ultimore props, and announce some kind of work into investigating and integrating the improvements. Maybe go above and beyond with some compensation, even though Ultimore did say they are free to use the patch. It's not a realistic thing to hope, I know, but it would be a good step. And make good use of the momentum they've had with uh, Monster Hunter, the RE remakes, and so on. There you go. Yeah, um, I kind of agree with that, uh, though it's hard, and I mentioned this last time in the previous... Uh, talk about this, and again, it's not an excuse, but I know because they're a Japanese company, the way they approach things are very different, it's very, you know, they you don't sit there and openly admit mistakes, might not even be the best idea for companies to do something like that, just to admit that everything is going wrong or whatever like that, but, you know, Uh, I do feel like something needs to happen, or at least they need to say something soon. Otherwise, uh, there is going to be a lot of problems happening. Uh, Have I thought about trying out for commentary for Smash Brothers? Absolutely, Water Kirby. There was one point in time I really wanted to do Smash Ultimate commentary. Then I just didn't end up playing the game very often, because it just wasn't one of the games that I could keep in my rotation. And, um, I mean, honestly, also... I don't know if you're suggesting that from a monetary standpoint as well, so that I can get paid doing Smash commentary, I've heard Smash commentators unfortunately get, like they get paid even less than a lot of the fighting game commentators because they don't have an official world tour and stuff like that. Because it is just a, like for us, uh, it's actually a little bit better because we do have Capcom giving us a world tour. And so Capcom can actually, you know, pay us at least reasonable amounts for doing commentary for them. But since Smash is all community and community has even less money than anyone else, they can barely pay the commentators, you know, uh a a, a a livable wage kind of thing like that it's it's very tough uh it's it's hard yeah so they are definitely ma- dude Socrates i miss soul caliber so much i've almost been tempted to try to jump back onto it um Uh, Alex Roca asks, do you think, and again, if you want to make sure I see your question, make sure you type at Jay Chenzor. And Fat Guy 2, that is true, they never intended Smash to be competitive, but nowadays, I think it's different. I think that they understand it a little bit more because their balance patches have been more on point. Uh, they seem to understand a lot more stuff, and their game is, uh, you know, in, in a pretty good state. I've heard. So, uh, but Alex Roca asks, uh, uh, James, do you think Capcom will fix the netcode in time for IWO? They better. If they don't, then it's going to be completely invalidated, or they force everybody to play on PS4, which will make a lot of people unhappy because they would have to play with a bad patch version anyway. Or they just fix the they they implement the fix and everything will be great. And again, they even though Altimore has his uh his fix uh, on the license that it makes it free, right on the I think it's what the MIT license or something like that, the same thing that GGPo is on right now. Uh, even though that it's there, you know, Capcom. If they, if Capcom carte blanche just takes Ultimore's fix and implements it and releases it, that is also irresponsible of Capcom. Because they would have more resources to do more tests, and so they would have to do a lot of tests themselves to try to fix the fringe cases in which they would actually make the code worse. So uh, I want people to understand that as well from a software standpoint. Just because Altimore created this code and put it out, and Altimore would tell you the exact same thing. Just because he wrote this doesn't mean that they should just take it, plug it in, and just be good. That they should try to do more tests if they have more facilities for network tests and stuff like that. They should definitely kind of do things like that. I, I, I've read the season changes for Killick. He actually seems a lot better now and seems a lot more fun. And I've even seen people say that he's kind of gone up on tiers, so I wish I really, really would like to. Dude, I can't even tell you how often I've copied and pasted from Stack Overflow, fat guy. I don't even wanna, I don't even wanna front how often I've copied and pasted from uh, uh, Stack Overflow. But even when you do that, even when you do copy, paste uh, stuff from Stack Overflow, you still test it. You still run through the code. You still debug step by step, going line by line, and making sure that it handles the case. So I mean, here's the thing. Programs are what a lot of people don't understand about programs. They're designed to handle all the edge cases. If you write your code and you don't take into account what happens, someone passes you a zero, passes you a negative number, passes you a letter, passes you a double byte character, passes you a high ASCII character, Passes you something with a bunch of underscores. Passes you something with spaces. Passes you something with question marks. Passes something you with with hashtags. Passes you something with exclamation marks, etc., etc. If you don't test all those scenarios, uh, you have a problem. And the code should be able to handle all of it, right? So even if the thing that passes this information to this function make sure it has all the stuff in there that it will never pass spaces and all this stuff like that you would still better write this code to handle all those cases because someone else is going to be like this is a useful function i'm going to use it and they don't have the check and now your program's going to blow up so even if function a make sure it doesn't pass any illegal characters into your function you still got to test for every single one of those illegal functions like that's kinda how it works. So when you copy and paste something from Stack Overflow, they can put it, you can put it in there, but then you've still gotta make sure you test all of the scenarios and everything like that. Coding is not easy. Coding is not straightforward and simple. As and, and it's not magic either. In fact it's the complete opposite of magic, which is why it's so hard is that there is you can't just tell code to do things. You literally have like you The interesting thing is there's these things, and sorry, I'm just talking about programming here. Uh, There's these things called code coverage trackers, right? Where basically they'll integrate their own code into your code, and as you test the program, it sends information to a server, and when you check the, the, the server, you can see how much of your code was actually executed. How much of your code was actually executed? And the trickiest part about code is that if you actually do that and make your program do everything that it's supposed to do, Most often times, you will have about 10% of your code uh, executed. Maybe 20, maybe 30, maybe 40% of your code executed, maybe 50% of your code executed. Because half the code, maybe more than half the code are all error sections, are all conditions that should never be executed, but they're in there just in case they are. So when you write code, you can't just write code to do what you need it to do. you also gotta write a ton of code to make sure it doesn't do what you don't want it to do. It's so painful, dude. It's so painful, man. Oh gosh, you're the kind of guy that submits a programming assignment without running it first. Asian bro, I never want you to code anything for me ever. <laughs> and uh, this—I mean, coding is not simple. So that's why when a lot of people are mad, like, oh, Birdie Jump Light Kick, after it finishes whiffing, he's invincible on the way down. Don't they test their product? It's like, Jesus, come on, people. Anybody who's coded before knows how hard it is to code these things, man. It's not easy at all. There, it, is a, it is a pain in the butt to, 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 to write code and everything like that. So, so again, even if Capcom acknowledges and say, we're working on a fix now. We can't expect it next week. We can't uh, expect it in two weeks. And I've done that before, Burstark. I've written stuff that are public servers and stuff like that that I was like, I'm just doing this small fix. It couldn't possibly break anything. Let me change this, push this out, make sure, because I want this fix out there as fast as possible. And it ends up breaking everything. And you're like fuck i gotta now undo this i've got to revert this and put it back and try to do like it's always a bad idea to do that always a bad idea to do that oh man coding i've always said that if you're a coder you have to also be partially a masochist like that's the way that it that it works you have to be partially a masochist Otherwise, you probably uh, can't be a coder. Oh, what is my game of the decade? Jesus, that sounds not so like. Like, when did Final Fantasy VI come out? Oh, but that's okay. That was previous decade. So those was. Jeez, uh, if I wanted to talk about this decade. I mean, it might be like Breath of the Wild or something like that. So um, yeah, there's a lot of funny things that you can do to your programs and stuff. There was one time I wrote a program to do something, and I thought it was just like the simplest thing. And when someone ran it on their machine, it just spiked their performance all the way up to 99% their processes were running at 99% and he was like why is my uh, machine doing this when I run your program and I was like oh god I know exactly what I was doing I know what I did basically I just wrote a loop that checked for the existence of a file to make sure that it could advance to the next section so I just wrote the loop to check for the file but I forgot to add a pause in, in between each check so it literally was just using every bit of the processing power it could find to keep checking for this file about a hundred thousand times every second. And I was like, oh God and all you have to do is put in a pause for like a millisecond and all of a sudden it just it's calmed down and it's fine. And I was like, oh, jeez yeah what's my favorite programming language so I was most I've spent most of my time programming in Java I did transition over to C sharp and I really do like C sharp a lot uh, my favorite things about C sharp were how they handled uh, collections and how you could actually do very SQL like calls on collections where you could use link on collections which was really really nice Lines of code that used to take like five lines of code, six ten, six 10 lines of code, could be changed into one line of code with just some proper link calls. And it was actually really, really nice. I actually kind of like that way. So yeah. Yeah, no, L4 to Dynamite, exactly, link. So Python is not a programming language, Tap2GG. I'm going to be that snob. Python is not a programming language. Python is a coding link, la- is a scripting language. Python is a scripting language, it's not coding so there you go um... uh... the financial health of the FTC hinge on the success of the fighting game makers absolutely crick fuji now uh, the fighting game community will always survive despite them. Because even if all of a sudden, this year, every fighting game that came out and every patch that came out ruined every game to the point of destruction, we would still have the existing games. And uh, people like Altamore would know how to revert patches back to original versions and stuff like that. And uh, we would be able to just to keep playing. So the FTC would continue, but no one would be able to make a career off of it and stuff like that. Nobody can make really a career off of it right now. A lot of us are trying to make it work, and uh, it is not something that is particularly viable, but we're trying our best right now. We are trying our best, so uh yeah javascript scripter see i never did a lot of javascript stuff i've never done a lot of css stuff and i've actually got to sit down and learn it now because that's actually what's going to help me fix my layouts down here my layouts down here are all different elements like every single one of these things is an element so if you actually look at my xsplit window i have like 30 20 20 30 things in my element list and it, it's really bogs down my X split a lot. I probably shouldn't do that, but I do that as a way of being uh, modular and dynamic, right? So I can easily do stuff like, you know, change from this camera angle to this camera angle, etc. etc. So that it's easy for me to adjust the text, all stuff like that. So What dream job do I want related to the fighting game community? If I can keep doing commentary, I would love to do commentary. If I could actually make a fighting game or just be the combat designer on a fighting game, that would actually be kind of fun as well. Uh, Have you ever thought about streaming myself making the RPG Maker with contributions for the chat Discord? Uh, As a coder, I've never coded Unity or anything like that. I, I, I have people tell me all the time that I really, really need to sit down and start learning Unity, because then I am a programmer. I would be able to make games and stuff like that. And it would probably be a lot easier for me to do than a lot of other people. So I've thought about that. I've thought about sitting down and learning some Unity. If you guys would actually be super interested in me streaming my Unity learning sessions, maybe I can actually do that. I think that would actually be kind of fun. Siamese guy says, go work for Capcom. Uh, 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 let's talk about Unity a little bit more, so uh, I, I think it would actually be kind of fun to watch uh, a lot of people. I, I don't know, maybe people would find it fun if I they actually learned with me at the exact same time. Uh, maybe that would actually be kind of fun to do. Maybe I can try that one of these days on stream and just start... Uh, and yeah, we could all learn together. I could basically kind of do a class where I'm learning Unity with you guys and we can kind of figure out stuff at the same time. That might actually be kind of neat. That might actually be kind of fun because then a lot of people can uh, uh, learn it at the same time. Best and worst moments of my commentating career. Uh, one of the worst moments of my commentating career is one of those things that, you know, if there was archives, I would probably be in trouble. But uh, there was definitely one time, you know, this was back in 2010. Before, all of us were a little bit more aware. I mean, we were still using terrible, you know, language while we were doing commentary. We didn't care. There was none of this idea of trying to have, you know, be, uh, you know, welcoming in our community and stuff like that. But uh, shoutouts to NDO 103. Wow, 29 months. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. But probably one of the worst commentating things I've ever done. And even though this was back in 2010 or 2011, even when I said it back then, I didn't like it and I've never forgotten it, but I was talking about, there was a, uh, a female fighting game player member on the stream playing, and we were talking about how strong she was, and I made some sort of comment about, you know, like, oh, like, uh, you know, here's my hotel key or something like that, and I made like some sort of joke like that, and even to this day, like, it actually kind of grosses me out that I even made that joke. As soon as it came out of my mouth, I wasn't comfortable with it. And ever since then, it's just something that I've never forgotten. And it's it's just, it's always been something that uh, I've always regretted saying. And like I said, I'm really glad there's no archives from back in those kind of days, you know what I mean? Otherwise, that would be floating around, being like, look at James, this terrible human being, and stuff like that. And honestly, I did, I do feel like I was a terrible human being for even saying uh, something like that, you know? Like I said, this was 2010, and I was just like, to this day, I wish I had never said that. It, it's, it's, it makes me sad to me that I even made a joke like that at, at one point in time. In terms of best commentary moments, it's hard to say. It's it's really hard to say. Uh, there's a lot of things that have happened that have just been wonderful. And the reason why, you know, sometimes commentary can be so fun and such a joy is that when the players do amazing things, it just makes it that much easier to commentate, right? It just makes it that easy to commentate. It's, it's really hard. Uh, yeah, right, Super Moose? 2010 wasn't that long. Oh my god, it was a decade ago. <laughs> uh, Street Fighter V, my favorite to commentate? Uh, not necessarily. Street Fighter 5 is definitely the one that I know the most. And I'm the most familiar with the scene and everything like that. Uh, I would love it if I could commentate Guilty Gear more. Guilty Gear has always been one of my favorite games to commentate. Uh, I love commentating Guilty Gear. I'm actually really enjoying commentating Samurai Showdown right now because Samurai Showdown, I feel like, requires a very certain kind of commentary, and uh, it, it fits kind of with what I want, what I, the kind of commentary that I like to do. Uh, but those three are probably the ones that I enjoy the most. Super Turbo is probably the one that I enjoy commentating the absolute most. But that's because I just have such an affinity for Super Turbo. Shout Shoutouts to Say No to Weaves for the continued subscription. Six months uh, on a four-month streak. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for Guilty Gear Strive. Because despite the fact that a lot of people are frustrated, there's a lot of potential for it to... Uh, do a lot of good things yeah Guilty Gear is tough it's a tough because there's a lot of knowledge in that game and again I don't play it enough to know enough details about the matchups and and you know clearly decide whether they, or clearly understand if this character has an advantage I know everything that's happening I know all the systems in the game and you know I'm a little behind in keeping up even with the most recent patches and stuff like that because after the most recent patch I never really sat down and played it all that much but you know, it's it's just kind of one of those things that was uh, that's that's tough. So um, right, exactly. Even if it's easier, it'll be hard to play. But the point is, it's not that it's it's it, the point is not necessarily that we're trying to make Strive easier to play. The point that Daisuke is trying to make is that he's trying to make it different enough that legacy players don't have such a distinct advantage anymore. He's going the Street Fighter route in which the next game coming out is different enough that newer players can come in and be sort of on equal footing with the people who have been playing the game for a very long time. Guilty Gear and Tekken are two of the biggest games in terms of legacy and having a legacy advantage, right? I don't even count Blaze Blue as all a bunch of different games because I feel like they've all been one game so far, right? Um, Guilty Gear Strive clearly is a brand new game with brand new models and and everything like that so I feel like that's what he's just trying to do uh, to be honest with you so I don't think the game is being dumbed down necessarily although he is simplifying a lot of things. But the game will also play different enough that a lot, that even the best players out there at the current Guilty Gear will play the new Guilty Gear and have new things to learn as well, and we'll all be discovering things at the same time. And again, I'm not against that. I like that Street Fighter does that. If Street Fighter 6 comes out, I mean, people have asked me, what do I want to see in Street Fighter 6? I just want to see them have a vision. I want them to see them try to do something different, not based off of complaints on Street Fighter V, and I want them to make it a new game. What would I personally do? I was actually thinking about this a while ago. What I would actually personally do, and maybe Gil is the test for this, but I would bring back parries, right? And Even though I don't like parries, I don't like parries, but I would bring them back because it would be Street Fighter 3. so one, two, three parries, four, five, six parries, and I feel like you know every three games bringing back the parry mechanic. But if they implement it so that everybody has universal parries like Gill, so that they actually have a with animation and do it that way, I think that would be kind of interesting. To be honest with you, I really think that would be kind of an interesting way to implement parries again. Is to bring ba- bring it back, but make it a command so that you can't option select it with your movement with with moving forward and crouching. And then everybody has the parry, but it's kind of done in a way that it's more obvious on how to punish, etc, etc. So if you parry in the air, for example, you have delay and maybe you land with a few extra frames of recovery so people can punish you so you can't jump, parry, throw like you can in, in Third Strike and stuff like that. I think that would actually be kind of interesting to do something like that. So uh, I don't think Street Fighter 6 is going to get announced anytime soon. I personally don't believe it's going to get announced anytime soon, Burstark. Uh, like, everyone keeps saying they feel like this is the last year of Street Fighter V. I personally don't believe it, and I personally don't want it to be because uh, as I've explained to people, I feel like Street Fighter 4, Ultra Street Fighter 4 should have and could have, I'm sorry, could have and should have lived an extra year to give Street Fighter V more time to bake. So whatever year they plan to release Street Fighter VI, put it off another year, bake it a little bit more, and then give us the game, please, <laughs> please. Uh, that's kind of how I would like to do uh, Street Fighter VI, to be honest, so. Uh, If Lab Zero gets to work on a Darkstalkers, I would definitely go talk to Mike Z. And I would be like, please hire me as a combat designer and as an artistic designer. Hire me. Hire Richmond Lee. Take the two of us and make sure that we have all the decisions behind aesthetic. Behind mood, behind how you convey the jokes in the game, how you convey the violence and the sexuality, etc. Shoutouts to Scooter Bombs for the Prime sub. Much appreciated, good sir. Again, if you actually enjoy these new streams where I talk to the stream and have conversations and talk about fighting games and stuff like that, subscriptions and stuff, are all very much appreciated. Uh, It is 5.30. I did say I was going to switch over to playing some Street Fighter V at this point in time. Uh, Hit ones in the chat if you want me to go to Street Fighter V lobbies, two in the chat, if you would like for me to talk for another 15 minutes and hang out a little bit and talk a little bit more uh let me know uh the new dark stalkers i would probably okay two two one two i'm getting more twos here so i've got three twos here right four twos right now scooter bomb doesn't care uh (laughs) por qué no los dos uh, a lot of people said more chatting. Okay, so let's keep the chatting going a little bit here. No, You don't need to uh, go crazy with this right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would try to make it 3D models. I would try to make Darkstalkers 3D models, but that's why you would have to also hire Rich Lee to make sure that we get all of the proper 2D animation styles into the game. Talk to you with my sexy voice. That's what I would do. I would definitely try to sure that. I don't I don't know if I have a sexy voice to be honest with you. Uh, so MVC3 a little bit with a lot more stretching and stuff like that. There would have to be a lot of crazy things happening in that game. Like Lord Raptor would have to have an invisible chainsaw and an invisible buzzsaw attached to his leg at 100% of the time so that when he does some of those moves that they change and stuff. Cuz if you notice something, look at the way Dalsum actually does his moves in street fighter 5 when he stretches his limbs his legs kind of stretch right but the thing is they don't thin significantly right like i feel like you that's what dark stalkers is if lord raptor had a leg that was this thick and he did his towards heavy kick where it turns into the chainsaw and he stretches his leg out when it stretches it also thins it gives it that kind of rubber feel to it that when you pull on it you steal volume from the width to add to the length, right? That is what you'd have to do for Darkstalkers. But you want to do it in 3D because you need to have the fancy animations for a lot of things now. You know, that's the kind of thing. And it's going to be very, very, very hard to replicate. I mean, even the Pyron that they have for the Gil suit is kind of weird because it's kind of hard to see. They tried to replicate what Pyron does in 2D, in 3D, and it looks kind of odd, right? Arxis has that experience, but they also do it one frame at a time. They stretch and pull and do everything one frame at a time, so it's a combination of both. If we were going to do it, I would do 3D modeling in the Arxis style for Darkstalkers. That would clearly be the best way to do it. But even as crazy, I mean, I'm trying to think right now, who is the craziest character in Arxis games, that has weird things like limbs turning into different objects and stuff like that. Is there a character that's like that uh, in the game? Um, what am, what am I stop? What am I trying to stop? What am I trying to stop here? Sorry, uh, Saint Cole says James stop, and then Mr. Friday says he's going to faint. What what am I supposed to stop here? What am I doing? Am I am I am I am I? Or are you just talking about my sexy voice? That was my sexy voice? Oh, that was my sexy voice. Got it, got it. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> sorry. Sometimes I, I forget. I, I get, see things out of context. Uh, Chris for the win asks, do you think they're going to reveal a new game to be at EVO like last year in the EVO lineup stream? Uh, probably. If Granblue Fantasy is not in... Uh, the evil lineup next year. I would probably uh eat my tinfoil hat. I would probably eat my tinfoil hat. Uh, Alex Roca says, oh, uh, Bedman or Faust." But see, that's the thing is, Faust doesn't really have things get replaced and displaced and stuff like that. Like Robokai is not in the game, right? Zappa is not in the game. And I feel like that's kind of one of the reasons why, because technically they'd be some of the hardest characters to actually do. (laughs) So it'd be really interesting. Yeah, Venom and MVCI is actually really kind of interestingly done. I'd have to go back and watch it again and take a look and see how they did that uh, a little bit more carefully. Alex Roca says, For Darkstalkers 4, I'd make it in 2D and rehash all materials from the series, including all of the features, game modes from rare versions like Tower Mode from PSP or EX Options from PSX, and all of the content, character stages, including secret ones from all games, plus Street Fighter V game modes on top. I always miss... Okay, see, that's too ambitious, Alex Roka. That's too ambitious. You don't, You don't want to do that. <laughs> you don't want to kill them. You want the game to come out at some point in time. <laughs> And uh, for what you want, they will die. Uh, That's not going to happen right away. It takes a lot of work to make those characters, especially if you want a 2D again. If you want a 2D again, they can't be the same sprites they were before. And if it's 2D, it is going to be a lot of work. 2D sprites are probably one of the hardest things to do. Because when you design a 2D sprite, and this is a true story from back when they made HDR. When they made HDR uh, for Super Turbo and they gave the task to Udon, they just gave them all the animation frames. But they didn't give them the ability to see how the animation frames moved within each other. They didn't give them a way to run the animation. And so what Udon was saying that they had troubles with is when they th- made like, Ryu throw the Hadouken, how far does he lean forward? How far does the sprite move? What happens in those situations and how do they make the clothes stretch and move in a way that flows between the frames? They didn't have those kind of resources. If you look at Dhalsim's wind pose where he does this whole dance like this, right? The craziest thing about this, what nobody ever really knew, is that he mirror images himself. When he goes to this side, he mirror images and replays it this way and then mirror images and plays this way. Udon didn't know that because they never gave him any information on how to do that animation. It's not a reverse play of it. They actually mirror image it so that he goes the other way. So if you look at Dawson during the wind pose, the shadows on his leg, the shading on his leg reverses sides. He actually, you see him here and the light's coming from this way and then when he comes over here and he goes back, then he starts going the other way, all the light goes to the other side and the shadows jump to the other side because they didn't give him this kind of situation. Animation is hard. (laughs) Animation is really freaking hard, dude. So, um... Oh, you are a game dev. Okay, Alex Roka, I was going to use the same CPS 2 visuals untouched, I see. So you would actually just take the sprites that exist in all the CPS 2 games, bring them back in and just play that way, basically. You would just reuse everything and have it go. I mean, you could do that, you would have to, but see, this is the tricky part now. This is why in one of my previous streams, I talked about the fact that there's no such thing as an A game or a double A game anymore. You have triple A games or you have an indie game. If you create Dark Darkstalkers with the CPS2 sprites, you have to sell it as an indie game. And then you can't give it triple A budget. You have to give it an indie budget. Because there's no way modern gamers will accept a Darkstalkers with the CPS2 graphics. The only people who would accept it are the people who already love Darkstalkers. You will not build a new market. You will not gain any new players out of this. Because if it's just that, people are going to look at it and be like, why am I playing this game that looks like my dad was playing this game? You know what I mean? It's not going to sell. And that's the hardest part about the thing. So... You can't make a sprite-based game with a AAA budget because you can't market it that way. You can't market it that way. So if you make a sprite-based game, it always has to be like an indie kind of game. And it's really, really kind of ta- hard. And yeah, uh, the Vampire Savior Vampire Hunter ports made with GGPO and it didn't sell. It didn't sell, right? And th- that's the way it goes. That That's the marketing aspect of, of making video games, right? When the, like a lot of people don't realize this, when the transition started happening to 3D with the PlayStation and the Sega Saturn, and keep in mind the Sega Saturn was not created with any 3D technology built in the console, right? The PlayStation came out based as a 3D kind of, console, the hardware had it And when Sega found out that PlayStation was going to put it in there, they had to scramble before the Saturn came out and add kind of a 3D engine to their game and put it in there, which is why the PlayStation 3D looked better than the Saturn 3D, because the Saturn one was kind of put in as an afterthought, right? Then the PlayStation one came out and started gearing everything towards 3D games because everyone's like, oh my god, you could do so much more. You have Resident Evil, the characters at different angles and all this stuff, and then At that point in time is when Alpha 2, Alpha 3, these games are coming out. And if you looked at every magazine review for games like Street Fighter Alpha 2 and Street Fighter Alpha 3, every time they would dock points because it was not 3D. They would dock points because it wasn't in 3D. They would say one of the cons would be the game is not in 3D. Why is it still this old style, right? And that was back then. So today, now that we have games look as beautiful as Guilty Gear and stuff like that, if you design a game with two, with sprites like that, you can't market it as a AAA title unless it's in Japan, right? Like, how much do you think Blaze Blue is selling in the United States, right? Like, that's a that's a very important question to ask. Obviously, we can sell it in Japan because they have it's. It's more of their animation style. It's their kind of you know aesthetic and everything like that. They have played it in the arcades, but I don't think uh, it sells in the U.S. because you can't sell a sprite game aesthetic uh, in in the United States anymore. I don't think. I just don't think. Or even if if it's just like like if it was a modern cartoon style kind of aesthetic uh, that was very 16 bitty sprites or 32-bit spritesy look. You know, I don't think you could sell that anywhere, to be honest with you. So, uh, and that's the thing. Skullgirls, Star-Lord, is actually an independent game. That is an independent game. So whenever you create a game like that, it has to be marketed as independent. As soon as you say independent and then you see something like Celeste and it's in this pixely kind of format, you're like, okay, this game is awesome because it's an independent game. There's this weird connotation that when you say it's an independent game, all of a sudden it becomes more acceptable to have these retro styles and stuff like that. And that's what I meant by I don't feel like there's such a thing as an A or a double A game anymore. You either have God of War or you have Celeste. And like I don't think there is a market for the middle anymore. It's really, really weird. We don't have any sort of standards or any sort of... um, we don't have a, 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 an audience base, there's no audience base built for the, the single A, double A games anymore. And it's, it's really kind of annoying and it makes me mad. So, um, What are some good single player content that you'd like to see more in fighting games? Uh, more mini games, more integrated things like break the targets, like uh, home run contests. Things like that that subtly teach you how to play fighting games that you don't know is teaching you how to play fighting games. See I don't want like Tekken Bowling because Tekken Bowling has nothing to do with the game, right? I I, I would like to have something that actually teaches you the actual mechanics of the game uh, while you're playing it. Break the Targets taught me how to move, it taught me how to use my moves in really interesting crafty ways. Uh, home run contest taught me how to do as much damage as possible and it taught me the concept of trying to keep the bag from falling off the platform. I honestly think the shield showing up in the home run contest is one of the most blasphemous things that has ever happened but I think they tried to do that because they wanted to prevent people from knocking the bag off and then jumping down and then still hitting it or something like that but um Uh, those things actually and then uh, and then the platforms there was also uh, you know I forgot what it was called reach the platforms or something like that but that actually taught you movement really really well Um, I think though that's the kind of thing that I would like to see in fighting games these days Um, I would also like to see more progression more uh, rewards for stuff that you do in single-player mode when you play on ranked I don't want to only have your uh, ranked points when you're playing ranked mode. I want to see that you're always earning something for something else. You know, I, I know that's kind of very gotcha sounding and everything like that, but you should always be earning something and not as slow as fight money. Make something that you're always earning for stuff that you can purchase with, to purchase in game content with that doesn't also, that isn't also purchasable by actual money, so you don't have the problem of losing money by giving away fight money, right? Street Fighter V is spending a crap ton of money to keep adding these characters. They've given us these cool new training mode features. They keep, I mean, training mode features keep showing up out of nowhere. Like, the next patch we'll be like, whoa, this new item is in the training menu. And they keep doing a lot of these things. How do they pay for that? The only way they can pay for that is with costumes. And the only way they can get people to buy costumes is if they nerf the fight money gainage, right? So if you can create, like, two separate things. One that's the stuff that you can earn in-game and buy in-game content there uh, with that. And then you can also, I mean, I've always said, like, and this, and this in-game content stuff, should be stuff that you should be able to turn off from other players, right? So kind of make it soul caliber-y where you can like do crazy things like make Ryu throw beach balls instead of fireballs, make him throw a bowling ball instead of a fireball, make it so that Ryu's bandana can have weird like symbols on them or whatever like that. Give people cowboy hats or stuff and hats and you can turn it off (laughs) so that no matter what, you load the default Ryu when you're playing online versus them. But, you know, doing kind of things like that and having people be able to earn stuff like that, make it so that, you know, uh, you can buy different wind pose dances for Sakura. You can buy different intro animations for Ryu or something like that. Or, you know, you can change, I don't know, like lots of little things like that. And I think that would actually be kind of interesting. Yeah, NRS has absolutely the, the, the right start. They're, they're, they're right there. They're figuring it out as they go. And they're getting better and better at it. And, and they're doing it for sure. So the unlockable moves things is a little interesting because it's, it's a hit and miss. Because you'll see a lot of cool moves where you're like, man, that's really, really cool, but I can't use it in tournaments. And that just makes you sad. <laughs> like, that makes me really, really sad. And so it's kind of a double-edged sword with the moves kind of thing like that. Um, but, you know, most of the people who are playing MK are not going to be affected by that. They're just going to be playing with their friends and play whatever they want to, and it's going to be fun times for everybody, and they can build the most broken character ever, and I think that's fine. I think that's cool. Aw. Hi. Hi, Jasmine. Hi, Jasmine. (laughs) <laughs> the the beat em up, yeah, and, and the interesting thing about a beat em up and stuff like that, like I really want to do a break the targets kind of thing. I could do a break the targets that would teach people combos, that would teach people hit confirms, that would teach people how to get damage, how to, like, like number of hits versus damage, etc., etc. I feel like there's a lot of really cool things that you can do with that. So uh, I'm, I'm sad that that doesn't exist. In, uh, in fighting games. But that's a lot of resources. And as I mentioned in uh, another Chen Reaction episode before is, how do you convince a company to spend the money on something that you can't prove is going to sell more copies of your game, right? Because that's the thing is, having those kind of features may not sell your game more, but it might keep people playing longer. But that's not how Japan operates. Japan operates very much on, did it sell when it came out? If it didn't, the game failed. That was UMVC3. The game came out, it didn't sell well because it was less than a year after they released MVC3 and uh, they considered it a failure and then they scrapped the dev environment for all of MVC3. And then it turned out that everybody loved UMVC 3 and it was one of the games that kept selling, kept selling and didn't stop and it had a lot of steam for longevity, but it was too late. They already scrapped their dev environment so they couldn't patch it. They couldn't add any DLC to it or anything like that. It's failed on sale, right? They, they don't recognize the long-term strategy as much. Games that come out in Japan that everybody clamors for will be in the bargain bin in a month. So I've been told, and people have confirmed to me on chat that this is actually the case. Right, that's actually the case. You, you, if you do something like that, they like games just go on sale right away because once they're old, old by like a month, it's just they're done and stuff like that. So, user generated content is tricky, grinning Oni. People have talked to me about making user generated trials and stuff like that, and that's a lot of effort, too, right? Because you're gonna have to take into account a lot of different things. Like, if you did user-generated trials for UMVC3, how are you going to uh, indicate? How are you going to let the player indicate that Zero needs to hold the button to charge this up? How are you going to indicate in your thing? And there's just going to be a lot of weird situations going on in that situation. So uh, Alex says, I'd like them to. Don't give away new moves, but I'd like to separate the costumes into parts in order to use hairstyle from a costume, shirt from another, pants, and its colors from another. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's 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 exactly Soul Calibur and Tekken. You just dress them up however you want. I don't know if you've used the character creator thing, Alex Roka, in Soul Calibur, but it is absolutely super robust, and you can do all sorts of things. The fact that I created an almost completely accurate facsimile of Falk in the game uh, is amazing. The fact that I've created an almost accurate facsimile of Maki is actually very, very impressive, right? KI did the same thing, yeah, exactly. So, um, but like I said, if the other player has the ability to turn that stuff off so they don't have to see it, that would be the cool part right there. That's the cool part. Uh, A lot of uh, people have mentioned that to me. Uh, Imagine user-generated costumes, they get approved by the company, and then a percentage of the DLC fees go to the creator. The company gets to make money without having to pay someone to create a costume. Yeah, that's... uh, You get into a lot of situations that way. You can get into a lot of weird situations that way. Riot is a big enough company that can probably handle it. I don't think Capcom would be able to handle that kind of thing, Uh, to be honest with you. I don't know. It's kind of uh, scary. Kind of scary, yeah. The Street Fighter cross tech and customized colors. Oh Jesus, dude! There would be so many Laura bikinis and cami bikinis and Chun Li bikinis. People would design bikinis with like nipples drawn on them and color the bikini skin color to make it look as naked as possible and stuff like that. Like trust me, it's. Oh, boy, you would go down a lot of very interesting paths, dude. You would actually go down a lot of interesting paths, so... (laughs) Sell a nude mod for $50. They would make a crap ton of money, but a lot of people would be mad, so... (laughs) Yeah, 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 for sure, Alex Roka. I know what you mean. I know what you mean, so... Uh, Frosty Faustings is coming up for sure, so... And and that's another thing too, Grinning Oni. That's the tricky thing. It wouldn't get approved, right? But then, you'd also have to know as much about cultures as possible. You'd need a cultural researchist, right? Because Japan certainly doesn't know what's offensive. If I made a costume with someone on a shirt going like this, right? Like... In America, we'd be like, yeah, that's just some guy, you know, being happy and positive. And then you take that to Brazil and everyone's like, why do you have a costume with someone basically flipping us off? You know, like that is a, a, a really kind of tough situation. So that's, that's, <laughs> we don't know the cultural differences between things, right? Like if you notice something, if you watch the Japanese players, right? Uh, Japanese players point at each other and point at themselves a lot. Like, you'll actually see, like, oh, you're up to play. Japanese player would be like this. And you're like, yeah, yeah, you're up. And they point at you. Point at themselves. If you ask them about, like, oh, I'm going to do this. They'd be like, you? You're going to do this? And whatever like that, right? In America, we have this concept that it's not polite to point that it's rude to point at someone. We don't point at people unless we're like indicating someone far away, but if we're talking to someone, we don't point at people unless we're like chastising them. In Japan, they're not taught that, so they just point at each other all the time, right? There's just so many cultural differences that'll kind of make it a little bit weird, so. <laughs> Selfish predation is okay, all right. Enough with you, anime lover. Uh, Okay. Uh, All right, now it's 5.54. If I start a Street Fighter lobby now, I may only play for an hour. Um, but I guess I can do that right now. Eh, Let's just let's play some Street Fighter. So at this point But uh, if you guys want to play some Street Fighter with me on the PC version with the patch and all that stuff like that um, Stick around here, uh, and I'll create a lobby a viewer lobby I'll invite some people in we can play some Street Fighter for just a little bit on the PC with the patch only The lobby will be set to being invite only etc etc I will have to stop the stream in order to do that because I've got to really destroy the quality of my stream so that I can actually stream uh, the game uh, because I my PC can't handle streaming and playing Street Fighter V at the same time. So I will have to stop the stream. But if you are interested in playing some Street Fighter V with me, uh, stick around, guys. Otherwise, if you guys are watching this on YouTube, hope you guys enjoyed this little extra bit of content over here. If you guys do like these streams and enjoying this, com- please consider subscribing, please consider uh, uh, donations, bits, all that kind of stuff to help support me in my continued attempt for fighting games. And again, if you are struggling yourself financially, don't even sweat it. Uh, Take care of yourself, do your thing, hold on to your money yourself. If you feel like the product that I produce for people is worthy enough for you to donate and you have the means by which to do so or to subscribe feel free if you don't have any money and you would like to contribute and you would happen to have an amazon prime you can always use your twitch prime to subscribe here as well but thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of ask Jay chenzor here and uh subscribe for cat emotes just like drunken banana said over there And, uh, but otherwise, thanks guys for tuning in. If you guys here are on Twitch, don't go anywhere. The stream will be stopped and I will come back with uh, some Street Fighter V on the PC, set up a lobby so we can play some patched uh, versions and continue testing that. See if we ever run into any of those fringe cases. In any case, uh, I will see you guys later. Peace out and uh, take care and have a good night.